And we're live. Episode 37. How do you are both in our bedrooms? <laughs> yeah. A Monday. Is it raining? Is that true? Is that confirmed? Um, it's just been like weirdly cloudy out. Yeah, I don't love that for us. I did see, actually, let's do a little bit of a what we did the, today. Um, I saw the Sex in the City that has been filming around New York City. Um, so I saw Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker, Cynthia Nixon, and then the other girl. I'm really sorry. They, I don't know her name. Where are they filming at? Well, I know obviously New York, but like near you. Um, so I saw one before I went to Minnesota, there was, you know, just like a bunch of lights and people crowded. So I figured they were filming something. I was on a city bike. I didn't give a fuck, but someone DM me on Instagram, like, oh my God, you're the TikTok girl. Uh, they were filming sex in the city, by the way, you looked kind of confused on your bike. And I was like, so this is oddly specific. Um, but then I was walking to Soul Cycle Soho, um, nature's healing. I'm back on a bike. They were in the Starbucks on Prince and uh Mercer or on um whatever that the fuck. Yeah. yeah. That but sure. it's yeah, near Equinox. I don't even know where that is. So yeah, uh, I did that today. That was fun. I did a lot of grocery shopping. How about you? I've been just like taking trips to Salvation Army girlies. I am currently in the depths of like the moving process and it is for all the New York listeners. You just like know, like it's exciting to be like to move into a new spot, but it is so taxing and exhausting. And I'm just like, how is this all going to get like transported to my new place? So I've just been like schlepping bags to Salvation Army. Um, He's a schlep- schlepper. I'm, I'm like, I'm packing stuff into suitcases to carry into the subway to take into my new apartment. So I just want to get like as much crap out of here until my dad and my brother come out. But yeah, that's been, that's been my life. It's not fun, but it's also like a good time consuming task. Yeah. Um, we should also talk about our crazy day yesterday. Oh my God. So I got back to New York and Emma and I were like vaguely texting just like, Hey, we got a pod tomorrow. Like, let's just get the research done and do it whenever. Um, I had a bunch of like stupid, like content shit and other stuff to do. Um, if you follow me on TikTok, I've been like posting about this one guy that I've been going on dates with and he doesn't have social media. Shout out to this man. And so he was like, as soon as I landed, he's like, do you want to get lunch? And I'm like, what I'm like that seems like a serious type of question like you really care if I live or die okay so of course I was like yeah I really don't want to buy groceries I'll go hang out with him and get coffee going to get coffee I knew Emma was going on a date I had no idea where she was going to be I assumed lower Manhattan near her like new apartment perhaps I'm walking down 6th street maybe uh in the east village I see a, a girl and a Gil Rodriguez shirt and I'm like hmm who's that bitch? And then I go, wait, that's my bitch. That is Emma. Me, I'm the bitch. I'm the bitch. So I first took a photo of them strolling and then I ran across the street and I go, Emma, bestie. Was like, How was it on your end? This? I was like, of course it'd be Kate. The only, the only, my only person, person. that I ever see in New York that I know. Um, um yeah. Your date gave was- me a hug. Yeah, he did give you a hug. Um, and then my date was waiting on the other side of 6th Street because we were getting coffee. And I told my date, I was like, oh my God, I ambushed my best friend on a date. And he goes, should we follow them? <laughs> and I was like, nah, that'd be funny. Thank God you didn't. We weren't, we weren't talking about anything interesting. Um, so that was around 2 p.m. That was around 2 p.m. And then, and then, and then, and then, I would say what? Six-ish, six or seven-ish, yeah. So after dinner, I went to like drop stuff off at my new place. I'm walking through Soho, walk past, you know, iconic McNally Jackson. Guess who I fucking see? I see Kate with her date. The same man, not a new man, the same man. 
and, and I so, don't you know if we did the whole thing and the reverse I, thing I, where you saw my date now yeah I saw your date um yeah Emma was in her girlfriend collective lilac set it was beautiful um I was kind of like like a, being like an idiot like we absolutely texted about stuff and I was like oh how'd your date go and this was like occurring in front of my date and I was like Emma already sent me a voice memo I already have the recap but I'm a little bit flustered I don't know what to say here um then we walked away I went to Thai diner with this guy really good food um yeah, I got fried chicken which was very random of me but I was like I'm never gonna cook this um yeah my date wanted to give you a hug but he was like oh I didn't know if she was working out and she was sweaty and that would have been weird of me <laughs> no I just yeah. live in workout wear I just live in workout wear um yeah, yeah so crazy crazy days for us I can't believe that was one day honestly my day yesterday felt like hey, when I move into my new apartment though like we are going to be running into each other constantly like I am going to see you at the Bowery Whole Foods like <laughs> the potato pyramid I'm like trying to like grab some fucking like I don't know lemons it's gonna be like a fight where like I'm bitching because I'm like who took the last Coco June like and then I'm yeah then it's gonna be me and then I see on Emma posted on our little Twitter and like just got Coco June like bitch I'm fighting you <laughs> we have to plan out our days otherwise yeah that could get messy with grocery competition they're just gonna have to stock more honestly yeah, truly Bowery Whole Foods better watch out Mulberry Mart what Market Mart whatever watch out watch out <laughs> But that brings us into today's episode. That absolutely doesn't bring us into today's episode, but I'm going to make not it. Not a good segue, episode. not a good segue, but not you know, a good we, segue. Have to, we have to, you know, cut through the bullshit at some point and get to the point. Yeah. So today we're talking supplements. Um, Emma and I were briefly discussing on Zoomy Zoom before you guys all got in here with us that we now have a lot of, a lot of people in Geneva, which I referenced in our Monday announcements, just kind of like, shit, the community is huge. But I think we're at this crossroads where a lot of people take supplements. A lot of people have no idea which supplements to take. We have the newbies. We have the OG voice memo girlies. Love you all. However, we as podcast hosts wanted to do another episode about supplements for the more experienced wellness gods that already have supplements they like. We're not going to tell you what to take specifically, but this could be helpful if you get like cranky, you know, like comments from family, like, why are you taking pills? Like, why are you taking supplements? Why are you buying B12 and magnesium? We'll give you the, we'll give you like a little fact check thing that you can provide at your next Thanksgiving with your weird uncles. I think also it's like really, uh, you know, Kate and I with the podcast and I think with our listeners, we, it's like a really confusing space to like understand like how to shop for supplements, like which ones should you even take? I even noticed for me that, I mean, like a lot of like podcasts that I listen to with like medical practitioners, like a lot of like the health and nutrition vernacular is like so hard to like digest and understand because they're like coenzyme this, DHA, blah, 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 omega threes. And I'm like, hold up, like, what does this even mean? And yeah. so like, yeah, I think like that stuff is helpful, but then like, it can also just leave you super, like, it's just like super convoluted. Mm-hmm. And I also noticed for me, like listening to podcasts and reading stuff, when they're listing off supplements to like take and everything I'm like who are these people like who are they targeting like is it like middle-aged men who are at risk of diabetes or like post-menopause yeah. like are they they're definitely not talking and like targeting a 22 year old girl no who, like agreed. was vegan and I feel like you know I have like self-diagnosed myself probably at times and been like oh I need glutamine because so-and-so said that like this will help you because like x y and z um and so I think it's just like yeah giving a more approachable take to supplements for gen z um because i don't feel like we are really seen or heard in in the space amen to that sister 
Um, I agree. And this episode will get into, I think, a lot of the the fishy areas of supplements as well, which we've talked about. That wasn't even meant to be like a fish oil pun, but we're going to talk about fish oil. But um, I think there's an interesting kind of divergence with supplements where some people swear by supplements, they have a full routine, and some people think it's wacko bullshit. And yeah, we're kind of here to bridge the gap. So I'm going to call you back and then we'll get into the damn thing. Welcome to this episode, girlies. Tired of seeing greenwashing all over your Instagram feed? Let's talk about Supercoop's innovative formulas and education. Supergoop's formulas are super powered with a healthy dose of antioxidants and SPF that nourish the skin. Their products protect against not only the broad spectrum of light, but other environmental aggressors, including blue light and pollution. The team at Supergoop wants you to be a smart, hot, and glowing wellness god. They consider the health of your skin and the planet and everything that we do. All of their formulas are reef-safe, cruelty-free, vegan, and even 100% recyclable. If you want to upgrade your SPF routine, use code CMOSGRILLIES for 10% off. Now back to your favorite wellness pod. You know, Emma and I can't shut up about starting your day with the perfect oatmeal toppings. And you're probably thinking, what could be better than securing a bag of maca powder or matching with a boy who actually knows what adaptogens are? Um, hello, a large and juicy medjool date. That's why we're so excited to tell you about today's sponsor, Julie's. Julie's is a pantry staple for all the wellness gods. Their hand-picked medjool dates from Coachella Valley, California are certified USDA organic, naturally vegan, and free of all allergens. There is no better way to snack on Jolie's than with your favorite nut butter or on a bowl of oats. And Jolie's even has a date syrup to drizzle on a stack of pancakes. So if you want to taste some Jolie's for yourself, definitely use code CMOSGIRLIES for 15% off your first order. Now back to the show. So let's talk about supplements, everything you girlies need to know. A quote that I want to start off with that kind of blew my mind that I think Emma and I have, you know, considered as we're thinking about business stuff. Um, For example, what once was a $4 billion industry comprised of about 4,000 unique products is now an industry worth more than $40 billion with more than 50,000 and possibly as many 80,000 or even more different products available to consumers. How? Yeah, this is about the supplement industry. And this is not even saying there are you know, 12 different vitamin D supplements. This means there are entirely like 80,000 80, different compounds, different things mixed together or that are isolated compounds. It's not just like, yeah, there's a trillion vitamin D things to choose from, but there's all these random things together. Um, now this brings me into kind of an overarching theme that I've been thinking a lot about with relation to this podcast episode. Some respects, the growth of the supplement industry is a good thing. For example, the American population has grown older, sicker, more prone to chronic disease. I'm sure we all kind of know that U.S. health public public health crisis and the racial disparities and socioeconomic disparities produced by our inadequate healthcare system are rampant right now. Uh, people are old and dying at younger ages and chronic disease. Yeah, you know that. But there's two things that are kind of wrong with that. Is one. A lot of people just trust supplements are going to cure all their ailments. They'll buy anything that is going to cure their cancer and treat their IBS, you know, fall down any sort of marketing trap. They trust, they think, a lot of consumers actually think that the FDA regulates supplements, which the FDA does not, um, which we've talked about before. But then the issue is that the other half is entirely turned off to any sort of supplementation. Some people are so skeptical of supplements at all that they think pills are bullshit. It's all these like main, main level, what is it called? MLM marketing people. What the fuck? Oh, yeah. I don't remember what multi level marketing people. Yeah. You're you're the mean people from your high school that now are like selling like 
hair growth oil and shit. That's kind of the view of supplements by the other half of the population. So it's this issue where like, okay, is the government going to address the issue? Because right now half the population is skeptics and then everyone else is just like taking a shit ton of pills. Um, about three fourths of U.S. consumers take supplements. And this doesn't necessarily mean pills. It could be things like protein powders. It could be things like Miralax. So it could be very like traditional, more like supplements that I feel like I was aware of when I was in the Midwest and like not, you know, even open my mind to holistic remedies. But also a lot of people are taking things like probiotics and vitamin D and maybe some ashwagandha. So in the U.S., people are supplementing. It's something that we should all, I think, be paying attention to um, as looking at like what's going on with the industry and why there's so much consumer interest there. Right. Yeah. And I also think, I mean, to go along with that, like supplements definitely have like a good place in everyone's like, you know, personal life, I think, but also like not just like using it as like a replacement for your like food intake. I think like, you know, definitely a food first approach and that, you know, supplements should supplement and like help fill those nutritional gaps as opposed to, you know, thinking that it'll like cure everything. Yeah. And Michael Pollan, obviously his famous quote is like, eat food, not too much, mainly plants. And that's kind of, I think Emma and my's like ideology when it comes to our own personal diet, nutrition and lifestyle. Um, and for example, with supplements, I think about food as like a very synergistic property, basically like you're taking all these compounds and combining them together and you can't isolate some of the health effects by just popping a pill. Um, I mean, some people I think are very like pill adverse. Some people are pill prone, yada, yada. Um, and it's interesting too, because most people that are eating on this, like Michael Pollan wavelength that are like, yeah, whole foods, plant-based diet. They all tell, they all have this like very high and mighty thing, like don't eat any processed foods, but at the same time, supplements by definition are literally a processed food. Like there's nothing natural, holistic, you know, going into a supplement. The pill capsule is a process. Like the process of putting it into a pill is something you can't ignore. It's not being grown from a farm. So it's a really interesting, I think, like cognitive dissonance that occurs sometimes when people are popping pills and then eating their kale myself included. I think also with this episode, like Emma and I kind of realized that, yeah, supplementation is bullshit, but we also take supplements. And I think that's the best way to be a skeptic, but also realize like, Hey, there is some benefit of this. You can be a smart consumer in the space, but it's a slippery slope where you can easily get, you know, tricked into buying shit that probably may not even work. Yeah. Um, So the first category that we wanted to talk about is that we know a lot of Gen Z people are plant-based in some way, whether you're entirely vegan, vegetarian, or you eat in some sort of diet that is focused on plants, you likely have heard about vitamin B12. Um, You've likely been, you know, probably thinking about supplementing or like, oh, damn, am I deficient? Do I eat enough of this? Um, Overall, it's a water-soluble vitamin. We've talked about this more in previous episodes, but basically the process starts with saliva in the mouth. And if you have a deficiency in vitamin B12, it's often when you're under 200 to 250 micrograms. Now, plant-based foods, the reason why vegans and vegetarians specifically have to focus on B12 is because plant-based foods have no fortified B12 unless it's added by the manufacturers. So you as a consumer, when you're buying your plant-based milk, you often can look for if it's fortified or not with vitamin B12, um, or sorry, not milk, but you know, like vitamin B D is something that's fortified in plant-based milks, but like a nutritional yeast or any sort of food that is claiming it has B12 in a plant-based way, you can look what the manufacturer says. Now the recommended amount, uh, depends on your age. Adults need 240 micrograms. You may need more if you're pregnant to provide for a child, which I think makes sense to most people. 
But when you're looking at supplements on the market, most of them are like 500 to a thousand micrograms, which I found to be like a little bit jarring. Cause I was like, what the fuck? You don't need that many, but that runs into the broader theme of this uh, in this podcast where we don't really absorb stuff in pills that easily. So manufacturers often put huge amounts into their pills to make sure that you are going to be absorbing enough of the vitamin. But you might be thinking, well, Kate, can't you get this shit from your food? Yes, but it depends on what sort of diet you're eating. And that's going to be a very personal individualized question. So you can get it from food. And then the, if you are eating you know, meat and those type of foods that have B12, I'm not going to give you a, a fucking laundry list of B12 foods. You can look that up if you want to. But so there are cases where your body can naturally absorb vitamin B12. But when you're taking it in a supplement, it's not attached to the protein. And basically you need to you need to take B12 in a supplement with a protein to be absorbed by the stomach acid. So if you're anemic, which is the issue that often happens for those that are B12, your stomach does not have this protein to absorb B12. And that's why like, it's a slippery slope because, oh shit, do I know if I'm B12 deficient or not? It might go unaddressed without any symptoms. And then your body can't actually absorb B12. And then it gets worse and worse and worse without you knowing. So that's kind of the issue where like, symptoms of deficiency could take years to develop. So your best bet is going to be getting blood work. I'm going to talk a little bit more about blood work and healthcare later in this podcast, just like the inaccessibilities of it. But B12 is the first one I would say. And then like the next one, which I think we're all pretty aware of um, is vitamin D. I mean, we all know that we need it. It's like involved in calcium absorption and is like huge for like immune function and support. And a lot of us probably think that like, you know, we can get plenty of vitamin D from just the sun and eating the plants, but that is not the truth, y'all. Actually, 75% of Americans don't get enough um, enough vitamin D from the sun and diet. Um, and a lot of that has to do because we're all inside working behind a computer and also with like sunscreen, which sunscreen is definitely important to wear, but also it can prohibit you absorbing some vitamin D. So that's why, you know, again, you may think that you're doing it enough through your food and your diet, but there are some times where it's going to be hard to get and fill those small little nutritional gaps. Yeah, for sure. So I would say vitamin B12 and vitamin D was kind of my introduction to supplementation, just like being vegan when I was in high school. Um, The next one that I started to consider, I would say personally, uh, was fish oil. Um, I do feel like fish oil kind of has this weird, like masculine coating to it, where it's like old men take fish oil. Is like my first introduction to like supplements, I feel like, because my, my dad, again, my dad, the hippie, somewhat health guy. Yeah. He would always like drink like a spoonful of fish oil before taking us to school each day when I was like in grade school. But yeah, it does kind of give me a bit of a masculine energy to it. Um, but yeah, like fish oil, I feel like that was kind of my first introduction to like, oh shit, people are like popping pills for like a health concern or something like that. Um, and now that I eat fish, I was like, wait, like I never took a fish oil supplement. I was just like, I, whatever, I'm good. I don't need it. But now I'm like, wait, do I need to take fish oil if I'm eating fish? And that kind of brought me to an interesting point of research. And so why, why would you eat fish or why would you take fish oil because of omega-3 fatty acids? You know, we've made memes about this. We've discussed this. It's good for things like brain cognition, heart inflammation, et cetera. And so the pill form of fish oil or in a liquid form are going to have things like EPA and DHA. Once again, not going to get into the medical literature on this, but, um, it's interesting because studies have shown that there's no benefit for people with cardiovascular disease of taking a fish oil supplement. Like it is kind of a placebo like pill for those trials. 
However, when they tested on people that were vegan, there was a proved benefit on inflammation markers and cardiovascular risk going down because these people weren't eating fish. Um, and one fish oil capsule take is probably about a thousand milligrams of omega-3s, which is comparable to about one three ounce serving of fatty fish. So if you're eating fish, you know, every day or a few times a week, you're probably good. And if you're eating things like flaxseed or other plant-based omega-3 fatty acid forms, you're probably good and you don't need to supplement. Um, the company that came up like the most when I was kind of looking into fish oil, because another red flag for me when I was thinking about this, I was like, well, if you're taking fish oil and the fish has a high mercury like uh, content. What the fuck's the point of taking that? You're just ingesting literal mercury into your body. So Thorn was a company that came up as one of the most reputable fish oil supplements because they're tested for heavy metal contaminants, including mercury. But once again, another rabbit hole. I feel like this episode is like contradictory because it's like everything you try to do well, there's going to be an issue with it. To get the best quality fish oil supplements, it can be really fucking expensive. So like if you want to go and take a fish oil supplement, you shouldn't take the one that's probably $10 for 60 pills. You should probably take the most expensive one. But who has the budget to do that? Eh. So I feel like this podcast is like funny because it's like everything's, you know, going to be a personal decision for you. Yeah. But there's also um, vegan forms of like a plant-based algae, which kind of operates as like an omega-3. You also well, get- remember when we went to that like influencer event thing at Butter's Daughter for that like Simmerist? Oh like, my God. Like brand. Nature's healing when, oh my God, I forgot about that shit. Yeah. Simrus, shout out Simrus if you're listening. There's literally no one listening. Somehow mm-hmm. Em and I haggled our way into our second influencer event. It wasn't that notorious compared to the first pros hair oil one. No, nothing will top that. But I think Simrus is like a plant-based, like algae derived omega-3 supplement. Yeah. So I'd say overall conclusion of fish oil shit is that eat fish if you're not adverse to fish and like oily fish will have what you need. But if you don't, you could consider taking fish oil if you want to. You also could just chill with your flax seeds and omega-3s and be a seed cycling girly. Um, but yeah, eating fish, you're going to get the protein and everything else with it versus taking it into pill where it's just like an isolated compound. So that's on fish. The next kind of like segment I feel like of this podcast is centered around like really like the reasoning why we should take supplements again. So when you're at your Thanksgiving table with your family and they're like, why are you like popping this like random tiny little pill? Like you can explain like, this is why we should probably supplement because there's so many variables that go into play about like what type of supplements we should take and like the dosage, et cetera. And so the first major one is going to be soil depletion. Kate and I have touched about the touched on this topic a lot, like in the food and climate change episode, Mm -hmm. but with like current like mismanaged, like farming practices, soil erosion, the use of chemicals to spray down, like, you know, for pesticides on plants, Um, A lot of like nitrogen stores and like phosphorus and sulfur are getting depleted. So nitrogen stores are down 42%, phosphorus 27%, sulfur 33%. Now, why does this matter? Like, how does this impact us? The plants that like we grow, all vegetables, all fruits, et cetera, they need these nutrients to be able to grow optimally. So when they are, when they aren't as heavily present in the soil, our plants aren't going to be as nutrient rich as they were maybe 60 years ago. And so therefore like food cannot provide all the nutritional needs as some nutrients, again, like I said, are not going to be as rich than some foods when they were like decades ago. And like one major one that I always hear about, like in podcasts that like, we all need to be supplementing with magnesium. Like we're all magnesium deficient. And that's a lot of it is due to soil depletion. And magnesium content is actually down 25% in vegetables and wheat. So like thinking about like, 
you know, it might be easier just to take your supplement as opposed to maybe eating two or three times the amount of like broccoli to meet your nutritional needs. Yeah. And that brings us into the next section, which is about stress supplements. Now we've done like a plethora of episodes on this, but basically the reason that I supplement for magnesium is like what Emma was saying with soil depletion. And then secondly, um, if you're consuming caffeine or coffee, or you find yourself to be de- dependent on the, those, you are naturally, are you depleting yourself of your natural magnesium stores? And so that's a reason to supplement. Um, it, yeah, and also your body's going to naturally deplete magnesium when it's under stress. And so that's why it's kind of in this category of, you know, being lumped as a stress supplement. Um, and it's a vicious cycle. Yeah. When you increase your stress hormones and then your magnesium levels go down. So that's one to consider. Um, you know, recommendations will come later with magnesium. The next one we talk about a lot is gut health. Um, I feel like most people know about this from a food perspective, eating fermented foods, also eating probiotic rich foods. We've done a whole episode on the gut microbiome. So head on back there if you want to hear that. But like with the gut, like if you have a compromised gut, um, such as like weak gut lining, or if there's like bacteria overgrowth and balance in your gut, you're going to have difficulty in absorbing all of your nutrients. And I think like the correct like term is like mal mal malabsorption or something. Um, and you probably know if you like have that, if you like have seen like a medical practitioner, like there's a lot of specific symptoms. So, you know, that like, if you maybe actually have this as opposed to like self-diagnosing. Yeah. The next area is kind of lifestyle. I think this is going to be the, probably the best place to start. If you are new to supplements, thinking about if you are extremely, extremely into fitness, you want to take a protein powder or some pre-workout or something that is focusing on your exercise goals. Um, if you find that you have a lingering health concern, stomach issues, you know, skin issues, inflammation, whatever, it's once again, a rabbit hole of like self-diagnosing yourself with issues. But if you feel like there is something you really want to consider, I think lifestyle factors are probably the key way to think about like supplementation. No, totally. And also I think like one thing to touch on is that like, you're only like the only way you're going to fully know like how much you need or like what to truly take is like through like a blood test. Mm -hmm. And let's be real here. Like those can be extremely expensive, especially, Mm -hmm. you know, if you don't have insurance. And so a lot of this unfortunately is placed on the consumer to figure out like, okay, what do I need to take? And I think that's why it's like such a scary area for some people. And I think that's a huge reason why so many people are just like, I'm like, not even going to partake in this. Like, that's kind of me with like movies. I'm like, I don't even know where to start. Like I'm (laughs) better off just ignoring it and pretending that it doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, and I was going to say more about, um, yeah, like supplements and, uh, the, what the fuck are we talking about? I'm trying to think like with, oh, accessibility and like blood work. Yeah. You know, in an ideal world, I would personally love to get blood work every single week, no week, month, whatever the fuck is the most accessible. But like, when you think about it's such like a, a slippery slope, not a slippery slope, but just like a fucking issue because people don't have healthcare. And so a lot of people also, if they have some sort of health issue, they're not going to go to the doctor because they're going to have crazy out-of-pocket costs. If you look at insulin prices, for example, um, that's one like huge thing you could look into with like pharmaceutical prices and how that fucks up the uh, regulation of supplements and the whole industry there. But if you know that the doctor is going to be super expensive, you're not going to go, you're going to have more health problems. And then you're going to think you need to buy a supplement to cure that. You're not going to have the money to buy the supplement to cure that. You're not going to have the money to go get blood work to know if you need a supplement. So um, it would be better, you know, if we had a functioning healthcare system, I think that would be really sick. 
Um, but the lifestyle factors that we kind of talked about of like why you might need to supplement, I think we spoke about these a little bit earlier, but lack of natural sunlight kind of relates to vitamin D, environmental toxins, kind of how that affects our food. I know for me, for example, I can't buy all, all organic produce. So I know that some, you know, some of my vegetables probably don't have a full nutrient profile. Um, if you're experiencing chronic stress or any sort of, yeah, different dietary preferences, accessibility. Um, the next section that we got a lot of questions in Geneva about is, should I take a multivitamin or should I take different individual supplements? And this is a little bit of my perspective about the difference between two. So multivitamin would be something that is a compound with a lot of different things in them versus, you know, taking one pill for iron, one pill for vitamin D or something like that, whatever you need. I think the pros of taking a multivitamin is one, it's often going to have a correct dosage. Now, while they're not regulated by the FDA, meaning that the FDA doesn't have to prove these before going to market, the company is not going to combine shit, I hope, that is going to be harmful for you, right? It takes the guesswork out of this whole process to know if you should combine things together. It's going to have user instructional instructions if you should take this on an empty stomach or with food. Um, so that's one pro of taking a multi that you can just take it and know you're good on certain levels. The cons, I guess, could be if it has a bunch of weird fillers, um, but I do think this is just going to be more of a consumer issue. Like if you're just going to one of those like vitamin shops and just getting the cheapest thing, that's kind of on you. Um, but multi, most multivitamins are not going to have dangerously high amounts of like vitamin A is one that you can overdose on, for example, not overdose, but take too much and it could lead to health issues. But like, yeah, as a supplement company, you're not going to just put like a shit ton of vitamin A for no reason most of the time. I don't know, unless you're getting a really scammy supplement, I guess. Um, but the issue that could happen is if you're taking a multivitamin and then additional supplement. So let's say your multivitamin has vitamin D and then you're also taking a vitamin D supplement on top of that. That could be a huge issue. Another supplement particularly to look out for is calcium is that you should not be taking that with other supplements. So you should take that individually from your multivitamin. So that's the only issue I really see with multivitamin. If you have any, Emma, I no, I don't. I, yeah. I think, you know, again, multivitamins are, it's a good, you know, baseline, good place to start. And also if you're like someone who maybe is on a budget and you like, can't afford to buy like a shit ton of supplements, like multivitamin will probably cover your own basis. But I think again, like if you are more of like an elevated consumer in the space and you're taking other things, just really keeping everything in mind. And I think like less is better, probably like you don't probably need to have like 5 billion different things in it. But yeah. you know, again, it's all like so individual and like what you're seeking out for. Yeah. And another thing, if you're taking the individual supplements and not taking a multivitamin, like I just think traveling and packing a shit ton of supplements is just really difficult. Like you're running out of one thing, you're constantly repurchasing, you're popping 20 pills in the morning. Like that could just upset your stomach. I mean, yeah, you control the dosage and routine and you're taking your health into your own hands, but like you also easily could be doing the wrong thing as well. You could be taking things together that are incorrectly combining. You could be taking the wrong dosage of stuff. Like, like I was saying, I didn't literally know that you should not take calcium with other stuff. And you might've been doing that for 10 years. So who knows? Um, also I was reading, there's this one doctor kind of talking about supplements generally. And he said that both patients come in with a whole bag of supplements, you know, one thing that's for immunity, one thing that's for hair, one thing for vision, one thing for skin. And so these are just addressing, it's not like I'm taking a vitamin A supplement. I'm taking a hair supplement. And the hair supplement has vitamin A. And then also the skin supplement has vitamin A. And so you could take four things that all have vitamin A by mistake and not know you're doing that. And that could lead to health issues. And I think that's like, what's really like frustrating about a lot of the buzzy wellness brands that I see on Instagram where yeah. you know, they just use claims where it's like, you know, not sex to us, but like, yeah, some like hair growth, like, yeah, supplement. it's like, 
you know, people are just going to buy that, not even read the label because they're just like, oh, hair growth. Like, I understand what oh, that means. Got it. Like, if I take this, like, my hair will grow. Yes. But then, like, not realizing, like, the science or, like, the potential dangers of, like, taking this in conjunction with something else. And I think that's, like, a really terrible thing. And I think that's, again, why, you know, there needs to be more regulation in that space, especially now with, like, you know, wellness is now a trend and it's so trendy for some people. And, like, a lot of people are not educated in the space. And so if you don't have that prior knowledge and you're just buying stuff because like, you know, it has pre-packaging, like that there could be some dangers with that. Right. And I think Emma and I, like our approach to supplementation personally is like taking vitamin A. I'm not taking a leg supplement or like, you know, a hair supplement. Like, I don't think that's the right way to look at when you are first going to purchase supplements, look at the actual vitamin and mineral you are tra- trying to get a health benefit from. Once again, the buzzword shit is stupid. And that's what I hate about this whole supplement industry because- you know, you go to the health store and you get the vitamin A, it's in an ugly as fuck package, but that's the thing that's actually going to do good on you. You go on Instagram and you get a, you're probably going to get a targeted as as you're listening to this fucking CMOS curly listener. And Everyone takes screenshots and posts in Geneva. Yeah. Please say what you're getting targeted right now on Instagram, because I fucking log on and I get some random shit every day. And like, as a corollary example, skincare, I know nothing about skincare. If something is said like, and like but glowy skin, that is a bullshit claim that's not regulated by the government. I know that on a cognitive level, but on a behavioral level, I don't fucking know what like specific ingredients that go into skincare are, right? And so that's why these buzzy, you know, companies in the skincare space do so well because like they're preying on consumers that are uninformed, want to be informed, but there's no fucking information out there. So that's kind of our little middle, middle rant. But basically with supplements, I would just say like, do your research before you go to the store. And like, if you're going online, like make sure you read the website. And I was going to talk about this later, but I'll talk about it now. Like, I think some easy things that you should look for as a consumer, basically when you're choosing an easy check, does the company talk openly about their sourcing and manufacturing? You should be able to go on their website five minutes, scan through the site and figure out what you need to answer. Like if they don't have some sort of page, like an about page or where our shit's from, if it's not on the product, red flag, like run away from that company because you have no idea where they're getting it from. Secondly, testing. I think a lot of companies are really preying on consumers with that. I think I have felt like misguided by companies too, when they're like, we tested on third party and this and that. A lot of companies will link certain plant chemicals with a health benefit. Like we were saying these hair growth things, but they use small studies that are in a very, very limited environment, like performed on cell culture or animals. And then they'll say like, yeah, humans, you guys can benefit from this. So make sure that they're testing on actual people. Also make sure they're testing on a diverse population of people, AKA not just adult men. Yeah. <laughs> I think to go along, I guess we'll just get into like the testing stuff. Yeah. Um, like with like the third party testing again, this isn't required by law. So like a lot of supplements, like, you know, they're going to be paying out of pocket to do this. So like, if they have like the best interest in the consumer, they will pay to get third party testing. Um, and so if one doesn't like, that's definitely kind of like a red flag, but one thing to kind of look for is like the COA, which is certificate of analysis, and it'll be awarded by groups such as NSF, USP, Consumer Lab. And like the supplement label will have like the little logo emblem on it. So like, if you Google it before you go to like, you know, the supplement section at like Whole Foods, you know, what it looks like you can like quickly scan the product to see if it has it. And like what the testing entails is that like the supplements contain what is stated on the label and that products are standardized batch by batch. So like each like bottle is going to have the same dosage and that, you know, free of harmful contaminants or like any undeclared ingredients that like haven't actually been like user tested. Yeah. And so the next thing I would say is like, 
um, a consumer thing is like timing of supplements. A lot of people, I think in Geneva, we had a conversation a very long time ago that made me investigate. Like I always just took them in the morning, like my, you know, multivitamin probiotic. Um, but it differs on the type of supplement. And so I would say it's just an overarching theme. You should probably take them with food. If you get an upset stomach, a lot of people have upset stomachs with things like iron, fish oil, magnesium, but there is a difference between vitamins and minerals, which we've talked about before, like water soluble vitamins, fat soluble vitamins. So water soluble vitamins are going to be the ones that you should take on an empty stomach, but you granted can take these at any time. They're going to just be something that's easier to absorb, but fat soluble vitamins, these are going to be things like vitamin A, E, and K. Also a fish oil supplement in this category is something you want to take with a meal. So once again, it should say on your supplement, it should have the user instructions of like, take with a meal, take with a meal or without a meal, you know, whatever the fuck. But I would say probiotics are also another thing that's like good with a meal or before a meal to get the digestion going. And then if you take any sort of like digestive enzyme after a meal or something like that, once again, it will say on the label. So um, one thing that I thought was kind of interesting is that like magnesium glycinate, as an example, is something that's called like a chelated mineral. We don't have to get into this, but it's just, it was interesting to think about like stomach acid and breaking down vitamins and minerals. Um, we're not going to get into that. It's a, it's advanced you must release, mm-hmm. but yeah, multivitamins are another one where you should probably take with food because it's going to have a combination of fat and water soluble vitamins. That's like the last like thingy thing, but that'll get into what supplements we take. Um, if you want to start Emma. Yeah. So I take the garden of life multivitamin. I've taken a few different brands before. Kate once gifted me uh, (laughs) her ritual multivitamin, which I really liked. And I think I might actually consider getting that. I think for me, multivitamins are like confusing because there's so many again out there. And I like, I'm like, I know I should take this, but it's honestly a space that I'm not as like, I don't know, knowledgeable in. Mm -hmm. I take the C probiotic just because it's easy for me. They ship it to me. And, you know, I know that they're like a really like reputable company. And I know that they like have the best interest in consumers. And there's a lot of education, educational resources that they provide. So I trust them. Um, I also wrote down Brazil nuts, like cases, <laughs> um, for selenium again, just like an easy way to get selenium through food. And then I actually just recently ordered the Ned mellow magnesium. I've heard a few like, um, advertisements for it on like podcast episodes and I get like some targeted ads. Um, I just don't, love call magnesium how it like sits in my stomach sometimes I feel like I get like kind of loaded and I like chug and I just like don't think it sits well with me and I've also have read that like magnesium carbonate like is not like the best form of magnesium because your body doesn't absorb it as easily but then if you read the label it's like magnesium carbonate when mixed with citric acid like turns into like magnesium citrate I'm like why don't you just fucking use magnesium citrate like what the fuck does this mean like what? So I just like know the Ned Mellow Magnesium has like a few different of like the most like the best forms and has like GABA and L-theanine. And then I take Rhodiola Rosea to kind of help with that acute stress from Gaia Herbs. I've been taking that for a while. And then I take Gajaro's Vitamin D3. It's like one where you take every other day and you know, I, and I enjoy it. I have no complaints thus far. So that's kind of like my general rundown. And then I take like Shatavari root and like some other adaptogens, but I don't think those are like as necessary um, for a supplement routine. Yeah, same. Um, I didn't really mention adaptogens in my routine, but in the morning I'll take my ritual multivitamin. Um, I was turned on to ritual like a few years ago, just because they do invest in females um, being in their trials, their clinical trials, which I thought to be very interesting. The founder, Kat, 
is very transparent with like why she started the company and kind of like wanting to take over the supplement industry for multis, which I thought was great. Take the seed probiotic. Once again, extremely transparent company. Like they're, they're so nerdy and that's kind of their like branding and their ethos as a company. Their Instagram is like really funny. Like they, they had this one thing a few years or maybe it was like a few months ago or something. I don't know what it was. They had people send in photos of their poop because they wanted to test like what their people that were like taking their probiotic. I did not do it, but I do have a t-shirt that said like, I have like a yellow t-shirt that says like, we love shit or something like that. Mm -hmm. I just think it's funny. Like, I really like that. They're like, we're the nerdy probiotic band, whatever, like trying to get people excited about the science. The next one that's kind of like a different supplement that I think some people might like is the Nuco has a, a thing called the D bloat. I don't love the whole marketing around like being bloated because bloating is like fucking natural. I hate the TikToks that are like, it's okay if you bloat. This is what my stomach looks like. I'm like, shut the fuck up. I don't need to see your stomach ever. But digestive enzymes sometimes help me break down meals if I do feel like an unsettling amount of stomach pain. Um, it has licorice root and a bunch of different digestive enzymes. And so I take that after a meal sometimes or with a meal, mostly like a dinner thing before bed. Um, also wrote down Brazil nut. Fun challenge. I want to start sending a, a Brazil nut in my palm of my hand to men and just being like, do you know what this is? You know, I was thinking about doing that for TikTok. I saw, I saw that tweet. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that could be funny for TikTok, but I really don't care. Um, next. in your pocket. Yeah, truly. <laughs> um, next one that I wrote down, the Mind Body Green has a magnesium, which I recently started taking. It has GABA and it's glycinate in their compound. I'll probably repurchase that one, um, two pills before bed. And then, you know, my adaptogen one that is in a pill form is Moon Juice Super U. Um, I've just had it from time to time. I don't take it regularly. It's just kind of like an afternoon stress supplement because I feel like I take ashwagandha in a lot of ways. But yeah, the next sort of section I think we want to talk about is a little bit of like consumer issues. Like this is like an overarching theme of the podcast. Like the the FDA only requires manufacturers to really make sure their products are safe before they go to market. The FTC is the one that's going to be responsible for these marketing claims, like making sure that like sex dust doesn't say some bullshit that like sex dust, like you're going to have sex tomorrow if you take sex dust. Like that's going to orgasm five times. Yeah. Like a boy will appear at your doors in two minutes. (laughs) That'd be funny if we did all these like fake health claims anyways. But there are some government issues with like the pharmaceutical industry, which I found to be interesting. So there was this one study I was reading about um, before I got really annoyed with the scientific medical shit um, (laughs) is that there were FDA warnings from 2007 to 2016. Basically, they showed that there were these unapproved pharmaceutical ingredients in about 800 different dietary supplements. And these were the products that Emma and I were kind of shitting on earlier, like the sex enhancement drugs, the weight loss things, like the muscle building products. There actually were pharmaceutical ingredients found in supplements because they're not regulated. Like they just tossed them in there and it can get scary because people, you know, lack healthcare um, in the U S they're not getting regular blood work. And so they just turned to supplements. And so it used to be kind of like supplements were in like a hippie holistic space and big pharma was just selling you like pills and muscle milking shit, but now they're merged and it's kind of like fucking crazy. And yeah, there's just a little, a very little consumer trust in both the government because there is no regulation, but also at the same time, people do not trust a holistic practitioner either. There's like no one that there's no people, one to trust. Yeah. Myself included. I'm kind of like, I take uh, everyone with a little bit of grain of salt. Yes. And then, um, I think also for shopping for supplements, um, like, I don't think a lot of us probably think about, or at least I know I don't, and I'm trying to be better at thinking about like the sourcing of like what is in like the vitamin or like multivitamin whatever that you're taking um and so quality is going to be huge 
And there's going to be a difference between like active and synthetic. Now, synthetic, when I was doing my research, it's not like always a bad thing, but some people's genetics may make it difficult to convert that synthetic form into like the active form. And the synthetic obviously is just like made in a lab, whereas like the active or more like quote unquote natural is like derived from the food source. And so like one example is going to be methylfolate, which is a more active form of like folate versus folic acid. And actually one third of women have genetic variation that makes it hard for them to utilize folic acid. I actually read that off of Ritual's website and that's why they use um, methylfolate because it'll be just like easier for the body to absorb and utilize. And then also, again, as mentioned, like natural vitamins are going to be derived from plants. So that is gonna be like as close to nature without consuming the actual plant. And how to know if like a source in your like multivitamin is natural or synthetic. It's going to be synthetic if it utilizes endings such as like acid, IDE, or the prefix DL. That'll just like denote like a synthetic form. Um, and, you know, with like multivitamins, it'll say like from like the food source, I know like my garden of life multivitamin, it'll say like vitamin K in parentheses, food source. And then like at the bottom, it explains where it all got derived from. So something else to keep in mind. Um, again, it's like so much information that you have to do on your own and just to like go into the supplement section, then it's like 50 brands, then it's like decision paralysis. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like messy. And I think honestly, for me, like knowing, once again, I said this earlier, I think like knowing what you're going to get before you go into the store, I think it's like the wild west when you get into a store and then you're like, oh, maybe I should get an iron supplement. That's going to be a fucking mess and a half. Um, I do think online is nice because you can see the transparency of the website versus like haggling on your iPhone, like an eagerly, like looking up like a random brand when you're in a grocery store. Um, and yeah, blood work is the last thing that you're going to know if you're deficient or not. And like, that's the most difficult barrier to entry with this whole shit is that it's not accessible to get blood work. Um, I, it's like annoying too, cause there's all these like private buzzy companies. Like I'm now I'm really excited actually, because I'm getting blood work done and I've wanted to get it done for years. And when I was looking at it, it was like $600 or some shit. Um, and I finally was like, okay, like I'm going to reach out to this company and see if I can do influencer work with them to like try to do blood work with them. Um, and like, yeah, that's the only way that I was able to get blood work and like financially, which is like fucking dumb that no one has access to it. But yeah, I think as the outro, you know, all the, boring- you, know what? You, you can go, you can, you can, you can talk. I was going to say all the boring shit, like a healthy diet, a good night's sleep, exercise, like managing your stress are going to be the most important, most important pillars of your health. And so supplements are not going to solve the fact that you were drinking a Red Bull and you got one hour of sleep. Like, sorry to break it to you besties. But I think if there's proof that Kate and I have a lot of issues with the supplement industry, yeah, and I got a lot, like of a lot of people like supplements, like if you're like the elevated wellness person um you know that can entail many different things but if you like already know to like your fucking fruits and vegetables like take magnesium like then your like next entry into like you know wellness world is supplements and it fucking sucks it fucking sucks I feel like also like especially you want your pantry to look good and like I was saying before like the things that are like hair supplement maybe have like a cool packaging, but those are like the bullshit ones. Yeah. And then you go to your local health store and you get your rhodiola and it looks like jack shit. And there's, um, no, there's no one between for, I think the Gen Z people who are smart, but also are like driven aesthetically. <laughs> yeah. And like, I think for a while I was like, oh, why do I want my packaging to look cute? Like I should just be fine with like bulk stuff. Like no shade on bulk stuff. Half my pantry is fucking bulk. But like- 
I don't know. I, once again, I'm not the girly on Instagram that's posting with like the side table of my bed with like a candle and like my nail polish and like my cute little flowers. Like I want to post up with my supplements and then be cute as fuck. Like that is the pride and joy. I take really good care of my health and wellness. And I want to be able to show it off in the world, even if it gets zero likes on Instagram, but I have to hide the like count so I can keep it up. Um, yeah. So, you know, if you're a wellness girly, like that's probably something that you really want. And that's hope- something that Emma and I hope to see in the supplement industry soon. Soon, you know, maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe Kate and I will tackle that. What if we kissed and did something about the supplement industry? What if Kate and I just totally revolutionized and changed the supplement industry for Gen Z. What if we did that? Hmm. We'll leave you guys with the percolating thought. <laughs> <laughs> You'll, you'll take that information as you wish. Yeah, yeah. Think as you want. Ponder as you wish. Conspire below. Um, okay, that was episode 37, dog. Woohoo. Um, I'm going to go make dinner. How about you? Same. Yeah, I'm going to make dinner. I might do some stir fry moment. Ooh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, we'll see. That's to be determined. I have some Zevia waiting for me, some grapefruit Zevia. So I got that. Um, okay, I'll see you in Geneva. I'll see you on the meme page. Wait, who wants to do the last meme before we go? Oh yeah. Um, wait, let's, let's do a live little, I need to go through my drafts. <laughs> I made a few like yesterday when I was I literally staring at the back of Emma's phone being <laughs> Zoom. This is so funny. So got the wellness got sticker. Also, if you got your merch, make sure you post up on IG. We will, we will share. Um, so we did. Okay. The one that I did earlier today, like fucking. That was so funny. What about farts? I like where did you find that template i don't know i just looked up like minion photos i was like this is not gonna get on you know you know you know the meme templates are dry when you're looking up minion templates (laughs) i didn't even say template i just said minion pick here's the thing though i posted that and then i go kate no one is going to share this under their story what you know people are going to share though non-dairy girlfriend though yeah non-dairy girlfriend's left um okay do you want last meme yeah, I'll do last name. Okay, I'll do last name. Let's get out of here. I'm going to do- Let's get out of here, dog. All right. Thank you guys for listening to What the Fuck is CMOS. Toodaloo, girlies. Bout. <laughs>